Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, author and academic Dr. Joy DeGru talks to me about honoring the legacies of family and finding hope beyond generational trauma. Y'all, our conversation has fundamentally changed who I am as a Black woman. In her powerful book, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, Dr. DeGru examines the survival tactics used by the descendants of survivors of the transatlantic slave trade and finds a path toward healing for the Black diaspora. Dr. DeGru taught me that despite a world of deep injustice, we can find meaning, fellowship, and joy. And what I understand about that moment as a mother, I understood that I could not allow that to destroy my son. I had to find something to make him remember who he is and whose he is. And in our Sankofa moment, Dr. DeGru invites a special guest to her Wellness Wednesday. She was an incredible woman. I never reached that point in my life where I could have the kind of conversation with my grandmother that I would have now with her. Dr. DeGru, I am elated to have you on the show. I read your book, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, and it changed my life. And so with having this platform, I knew that I needed to have you on here to talk to me more in depth about your studies and your research, but also to our amazing listeners who, um, if they are aware, I want them to know more about it. But I also, if they're not aware, I want them to know about it. Just as a Black person in America, I think it helped me connect a lot more to my identity, to my family, to my history, to my ancestors. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited also to get to know you better. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's (laughs) wonderful being here. So, okay, we're going to start with an icebreaker question. Okay. I want to know, what is one tradition or routine that you do as a means of relaxation or self-care? Well, it's so interesting you ask, because the two things that I actually do the most, I was working on today, I do beadwork, 
prayer beads for my grandkids. Mm. Um, I'm a Baha'i, so my, my grandkids are Baha'is. So I actually do the beads, then I pray on the beads, and I let them know that I've started it for them. Mm. And, um, and then I create, I build, kind of create a book for them. This happens around 15, age 15. So we have three family members that are turning 15. So I'm actually engaged in making the beads uh, right now. And that is something that's very calming for me. It's very centering and I enjoy it. So that's one. The other thing I do, which somehow startles people, is that I fish. Yes. I'm going to Alaska on Wednesday. Yes, going, you are I'm, going to Alaska. Yes. I am going to Alaska on Wednesday with my fishing buddy and my sister-in-law uh, because my husband's not into fishing. My daughter's not into fishing. But I do. I love fishing. What I'm hearing is that you like to use your hands. That's really special. That's beautiful. I do. I love that so much. And, and I have to mention this. I came to know you through my dear friend, Melody Asani. You were speaking at her store on Melrose. Uh, She was doing a series and I came to support and I wanted to hear you speak. I bought the book that night and (laughs) nothing has ever been the same. Um, So shout out to Melody Asani. So I want to start at the beginning, Dr. DeGruy. What did Los Angeles give you? Well... I think it gave me uh, incentive. <laughs> mm. It gave me an incentive. I grew up hardcore, beginning of the Crips and the Bloods. My sister and my brother were very engaged in the movement. My brother was affiliated with the Black Panthers. My sister, political science major, truly an activist even to this day. My mother had a, a scholarship for college but didn't go. She married and raised a family. But my dad, who, who only went to the sixth grade, really was a very proud man, a brilliant man, called himself an Asiatic black man before uh, people said black was beautiful. Mm. And so I had a real sense of my blackness. And growing up in L.A., Watts riots, looking at all of the changes, issues of poverty, you know, gangs, all of those things gave me an incentive to do a, do a deep dive. Mm-hmm. A deep dive into us, into Black people, into who we are, our experience, and how we move in the world. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in your research, you talk a lot about respect. And so I want to know who is the person you would say, looking back, you respected most when you were younger and why? 
I think it changed. I think Mm. early in my life, it was just really clearly my mom and my dad. I was uh, daddy's little girl, so he was everything to me. So I would say it started with my dad. uh, But as I got to be a little older, it became my big brother. Mm. And what was it about your big brother that really (laughs) garnered that respect and admiration? Two things. One is uh, everything my brother learned, he shared with the family. Mm. He, As he became aware of things, he made everyone else aware of things. My sister had gone off to college and and she was really my, my idol. You know, I looked up, I just wanted to be her when I grew up. But my brother was someone I had tremendous respect for because he was willing to be himself, his authentic self, no matter who was in the space. He was consistently him all the time. And when you were talking about your brother, I, I kept thinking that it reminded me of being a part of, of a village. You know, he would gather information and gather knowledge, gather experiences and come back and share it with the tribe who was his family. And that person in the village or in the family is always very respected. So the Grio. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly yes. what I come what from he is. a family of Grios. Wow. That's, that's truly my father was truly a Grio. I want to talk a little bit about embracing your blackness in the 60s. I want to know what what did that look like for you then? And and I also kind of want to know what does it look like for you now? It was during that time, those very tender years, that I began to know that something was amiss about how the world looked at us and how the world treated us. I remember, and, I, and I'll tell people this on my lectures, I'll say, you know, you'll be in a space and where I was when Black people got mad at each other and they would, you know, curse each other out or whatever. Before they would call you outside of your name, they'd call you Black. You Black, fill in the blank. You Black, fill in the blank. And somehow in my little head, I'm going, but you're Black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But the statement of calling me Black the motivation is to hurt you even more. Mm-hmm. You black. Do, mm. do you see what I'm saying? And yes. so for me, as a child, I'm trying to understand why you're trying to beat me up with my blackness. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to hurt me with my blackness? You're black too. Mm. And that's where really I began to say something's not right about this. Wow. You know? And that's that inquiry about why do we do that? Why do we do that to each other? Mm -hmm. I didn't have the answers, but I knew there was something wrong. And it was very sad. I remember early on, I remember seeing a black girl and she was like you. She was, matter of fact, when I think about it, she looked like you. Oh, wow. Beautiful. And I stopped and I said, my God, you're so beautiful. And she screamed at me. She assumed I was making fun of her, that I was pretending or something. And it hurt me so bad. Mm. It hurt me so bad. It hurt me, not that she got angry, but that she would think that she wasn't as beautiful as she was, right? Those are the moments that really jolted me where I realized that what has been done to us and what we have done to ourselves and what we have failed to do has really created a lot of triggering 
and a lot of hurt and harm. Mm, yeah. Wow. I want to dive in to talk about your book. Um, but but before I go there, I just want to say I'm so grateful to my parents for really making sure that I embrace being a beautiful, dark-skinned Black girl. And I might have said this before on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again because uh, the story you just told, but I have an early memory of coming home from school and I was telling my mom a story about a girl at school. And I was like, yeah, mom, she was dark like you. And my mom were the <laughs> exact same complexion. Me and my mom and my dad are basically the exact same complexion. And she looked at me and said, dark like me? You're dark too. And I was like, no, mom, she was, you know, I, I, I tried to, I was even trying to make a distinction between me and my own mother. Wow. And she took me in the powder room. And, you know, I was little, so she was standing, you know, nice and tall and beautiful behind me. And she said, do you see us? And I said, yes, mommy. She said, we are the same. I'm dark, you're dark, and that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. And my mom had to make me realize, you're going to get this through your head at eight, seven, <laughs> however right. old it is. <laughs> that's you too. Don't be confused about that. That's you too. And that's beautiful. And after that, it all clicked for me. And uh, I'm just happy that I got it early. But I, I understand how, depending on your upbringing, it could turn out a lot different. Absolutely. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Dr. DeGruy, I want to know two things. I want you to explain to us what post-traumatic slave syndrome is, but I also want to know where were you at in your life before you wrote this book? Like, what was oh the boy. moment before? That's what I want to know. <laughs> okay. Um, so post-traumatic slave syndrome is very much what it sounds like. It is looking at multi-generational trauma and people of African descent. It is looking at the long-term impact of one, something starting with American chattel slavery, but didn't end there. That's the problem. That's why when people talk about slavery, they talk about it like it ended and everybody was fine. <laughs> you know, what followed um, American chattel slavery was even in some ways, even more brutal. Uh, we're talking about the thousands of lynchings. When you go to the Montgomery lynching memorial, when you go back and you, you see the legacy museum, you're looking at what followed slavery was even more trauma. Right. You had Jim Crow. You had these mass incarcerations happened after that. We know the lynchings, all of those things. So what happens? Let's do the math. However long you look at slavery. Now, we look at 1619, but people mm -hmm. were actually enslaved prior to that, you know, as early as the 1500s. So mm -hmm. let's just say, you know, roughly 300 years, <laughs> roughly 300 years of enslavement. During that period of enslavement, and I do this so that people can do the math in their head, and we don't, people aren't talking about, you're talking about something that happened back there. Okay, I'm going to bring it all the way up to today. 
So you have 300 years or so of slavery, people beating you, branding you, raping you, selling you. Question, did we get any help? Other than, of course, our natural healers that may or may not have been present, did anybody come in to help? No Dr. Phil. (laughs) Nobody Mm. showed up for us, right? For all of those years, generations of people being brutalized. Mm. Okay. No help. Then you got freed. Was there any help then? In other words, did they go, we've now nah, about almost 300 years, we've done some horrible things to you. You don't even know your names. You don't know where you came from. You sold away your families. We raped your daughters and your boys and your sons. And we did all this stuff to you. We're going to give you some group therapy, mm-hmm. something. Did mm-hmm. we get anything? So you have 300 years of slavery. Then you got freed. No help. Here's the question. After that, did the trauma continue? You bet it did. So 300 years of trauma, no help. Freed, no help. More trauma. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. I'm suggesting that we are extraordinary people because obviously we have agency. Obviously we have skills and resilience. I hate that word. We overuse it. We did all that, but we're human beings. And when we start talking about trauma, when people talk about trauma, listen, my God, if you were in a room with me, mm-hmm. let's say we're all together, whoever the audience is going to be, we're all together. And on the front row, someone stands up and shoots somebody on the front row. Mm. The person that they shot, we know is they're traumatized, right? Yeah, they're yes. traumatized. You shot somebody, that person's traumatized. The people who saw you shoot them are mm. traumatized. Mm-hmm. The people in the hall that didn't see it heard it found out who it was, was traumatized. The wow. family that lives a whole state away heard about it, were told on the phone that their loved one was shot. They're traumatized. Mm. Now, there could be a person sitting two rows back, saw the whole thing. Someone interviews them. How, how was it terrible? How was it? You know, it was really bad. Um, you know, all the shots, that was scary and blood everywhere. Um, when's lunch? Mm. Not traumatized. So everyone's not traumatized by even a traumatic, what anyone would agree was a traumatic event. But when we talk about American shadow slavery, we're not talking about a single event. If a person who hears about someone they love being harmed has to be put on medication and have people talk to them softly twice a week, what do you think happens when you have hundreds of years? Mm. What do you think? Yeah, we are resilient. Yes, we are. We have agency, but we're human beings and we have also been injured. And not only have we never talked about it for fear of anyone telling us, oh, get over it, which they don't tell to anyone else that has had drama. Mm -hmm. Not only can we not talk about it, we don't even know what to do with it Mm -hmm. when we see it. We don't know what it is. And so when I wrote the book, I just gave a name to it. If you don't like the name, give it another name. I don't care, but you're not going to tell me. Even as 30-some years of being a clinician, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. Yes. And part of it represents itself in what we've been talking about. You know, how, how do we get there if we don't, we don't begin to address the nature of the injury? And so for me, that's where it was. That's what it is. It's saying, yes, we have strengths, we have skills, and we have parts of who we are that's intrinsically Black that make us whole no matter what. 
We're always going to be whole people. We're not broken people. We're not pathologized people, but we are people. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to manage stuff that we weren't even allowed to talk about, let alone confront. Mm -hmm. So when I think about where I was before post-traumatic, yeah, let me tell you, <laughs> I, I called it my angry ears. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I, I think that if I was a person that had high blood pressure, I'd be dead. Okay, mm. I don't have high blood pressure because I had years of just being angry. I mean, just, you know, I would look at the injustice and the inequity, the disproportional injury and assault, and I would get mad, right? And I had to find a place for that, a space for it. So I started to look. I started to do the deep dive. I started to speak to elders. I sat at their feet. I, tell, I asked them to tell their stories, and I collected those stories, and I was renewed. Dr. Jabru, if you were to describe your purpose, what would you say? Wow. There's a couple of ways that I would describe my purpose. To know and love what is true, God or the unknowable essence, whatever people want to call it, and to help to develop and establish an ever-advancing civilization an ever-advancing world, a world uh, where there is joy and there is safety and there is peace. I feel like that's my purpose. That's the big purpose. And I think in some ways, it's all of us have our lane in that purpose. But I think that small purpose, joy, is to help those people who, who people don't see. I've always been that person that befriended the kid in school that people made fun of. I gave mm. my lunch to the kid that didn't have one and pretended I didn't want it. Mm. I stood up for people who couldn't stand up for themselves. That's who I am. And that's how I show up in the world. And I don't care who you are. Yeah, I stand up for what is just and fair and right. And I don't care who... Uh, it is that's being treated unfairly. I'm going to stand for that person. And there are a lot of those people. And a lot of those people disproportionately look like us. And so I feel a commitment, a purpose to help heal the people that look like me. Yeah. You're doing it. Trying. That's, that's, how, that's how we're here. You've been <laughs> such an important part on my healing journey as as a black woman and your wisdom your love has been invaluable truly i i can't tell you how much it means to me given that we're all dealing with post-traumatic slave syndrome whether we're aware of it or not what is your hope for our community in getting closer to healing i think that one of the things that we we talk about in the model that I've developed. Um, and the model is, encompasses our whole lives and the whole village in a real way, not a philosophical way, but in a real way, a tangible way, because we all have to heal. And I'm not saying one way, there are a lot of lanes. You know, there are a lot of lanes that will that will help us. Like you ask me what I do, I go fishing, I bead, and I, and I you know, have a garden. Other people meditate or they jog or they whatever they do. 
I'm saying there are many roads that lead to healing. This is just my lane. Right. Mm -hmm. And but everyone has to do their part. Does that make sense? All of us have to lean in. There's nobody that gets to rest on your laurels. Everyone has something to contribute and participate in. So that's the what I would say in hope. Mm -hmm. I have more than hope. Mm. I have more than hope. And I will tell you by it. I'll tell you a story. (laughs) I I love it. You're the best. (laughs) I will end end it with a story because it's the best way for me to explain that process. So I have two sons. I have my older son um, who, my goodness, you know, he's in his 40s. (laughs) My younger son is in his 30s. And they were young at the time. My younger son was 19 uh, and he was actually meeting his brother. This is Portland, Oregon. I own that. That's my fault. Okay, with Portland, Oregon. I own that. My son has an apartment. His brother accidentally dropped his ID and they were meeting downtown Portland so he could give him back his ID. My son is standing on a street. Now you got to understand, you're a fly in milk if you're black in Portland, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very white, white, white city. So he sees his brother, my other son, across the street. He steps off the curb from about maybe a foot from the crosswalk. Police car turns the corner, little lights, little little thing comes on. My son then steps back onto the curb. Mm -hmm. So he didn't walk. He just stepped off the curb. The police turned the corner. He stepped back on the curb. Policeman comes up to him and says, improper use of a crosswalk. I'm going to have to uh, cite you for that. He said, but I didn't cross. While he's dealing with this police officer, my other son is on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. He calls me on the phone because he sees the police harassing his brother. Each time he tries to step off the curb, he's told by another police officer because now there are three police cars. Remember the infraction. He yeah. stepped off the curb and back on. So now a couple, a white couple with a crib and a baby cross in the middle of the street, right next to my son. And my son goes, look. And that officer says to the couple, please use the crosswalk. Oh, sorry, Mm -hmm. officer. They continue across the street. But they don't let my son go, right? So Mm -hmm. now my son is feeling very anxious because now there are three police cars. He's saying, I didn't do anything. I didn't cross the street. Lower your voice, lower your voice. His brother's agitated. I'm 3,000 miles away in Mm. New York. Mm. I say to my older son, give the police officer near you the phone. Give him the phone. Mm. So he says, my mom wants to speak with you. I can't speak with her. I can't. I don't have Mm. time. I could hear him on the phone. I said, tell Mm. him my name is Dr. Joy D. Grew. I'm a professor at Portland State University. Oh, now he'll take the phone. Mm. I explained to him what has happened to my son. At this point, my son is handcuffed in the back seat of a police car mm-hmm. as, as I'm talking to this other police officer. Remember the infraction? Yes. So the police officer goes, oh, well, well, um, I will, we'll let him go with a warning this time. You know, he was just causing, you know, uh, a, a disturbance and, you know, we, we'll, we'll let him go with a warning. Mm. I say to my older son, when you get to your brother, give him the phone so I can speak to him. So they take my younger son out of the car. They take the handcuffs off, off of him. 
I'm, I'm telling you this deliberately in this way. He reaches in his pocket mm. to get the to actually get the ID that he had come to give to his brother. When mm. he put his hand in his pocket, all the guns were drawn. Mm. He could have lost his life in that moment. But here's the thing. They checked him before they put him in the car. <laughs> you know, where would the gun have appeared? So he hands his ID to his brother. I said, Hassan, give your brother the phone. He says, mommy won't take it. He won't take the phone. He won't take the phone. He was humiliated. Mm -hmm. I said, just give it to him and tell him he doesn't have to speak. I'm going to speak to him. So as he picks up the phone, I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you and your brother to start walking and just listen to my voice. And let me know when you get two blocks away. And I will just speak to you as you're walking. He gets two blocks away and he burst into tears. Mm -hmm. And he says, mom, they're going to kill me, mom. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter that I'm a good person. It doesn't matter, mom, that oh. you raised me to be right, to be spiritual, to be a high. It doesn't matter, mom, they're going to kill me. They're going to mm -hmm. kill me. I need you to know I was 3,000 miles away. Oh, God. And I said to my son, how dare you? How dare you say now that you can't do it? Do you understand the shoulders that you are standing on, son? Mm. Do you know who paid for you to be here? People with a hundred years of slavery behind them and a hundred in front of them. Were it not mm. for them, you wouldn't be standing. Don't you dare tell me now you can't do it. Mm. Mm. And he said, Mom, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I lost myself. I cried for two hours after that phone call. Yeah. And what I understand about that moment as a mother, I understood that I could not allow that to destroy my son. Mm -hmm. I had to find something to make him remember who he is and whose he is. But that made me know. And when I say that, can you imagine having, seeing a hundred years of slavery, people beating, raping, and telling your child it ain't gonna always be this way? Mm. Someone believed that when there was a hundred years still of slavery in front of them. That's who we are. So I have yes. more than hope. We've mm. already proven it. We've already done it. We wow. haven't arrived, but we've all agreed to take the trip. I just feel so blessed in this moment. I feel incredibly blessed. Oh, wow. Dr. DeGruy, what would you say has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Oh, confirmation. I love my people, you know, and they love yeah. me back. And they yeah. love me back. Yeah. My takeaway is to always continue to seek knowledge. Because in seeking knowledge, it led me to you. And that changed my life. So I just want you to know I thank you. I love you. And I honor you, Dr. DeGruy. I honor you and your work deeply. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. You honor me. I honor you.
after the credits, the person from Dr. DeGruy's past who was sitting in on Wellness Wednesdays. Stay with us. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Editing assistance from Jordan Cowling, mixed by Kojin Tashiro. Assistant producers are Michelle Baker and Shanice Tindall. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you do, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to ensure you hear the next one. So Dr. DeGruy, who is one person from history that you would want to have on your Wellness Wednesdays? I immediately think about my family. I mean, honestly, Mm. I, I think about my grandmother, Mm. Um, Ophelia. I think I'd want to talk to grandmother Ophelia. She was an incredible woman. I never reached that point in my life where I could have the kind of conversation with my grandmother that I would have now with her. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to have her on Wellness Wednesday. (laughs) I love that. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.